This is Parrot Talk. Brought to you by Restoring the Faith Media. Restoringthefaith.com Like the place we used to live Where they millstone groomers And ignore the boomers Oh, what I just wouldn't give I'm dreaming of a straight nation With every vote I cast it's true May our streets be cleaned up right the perverts all be purged tonight. Well, good morning and welcome back to the program. This is Mike Parrott. I'm the humble host here of Parrot Talk on the Crusade Channel, Live Talk Radio, the way it should be. Happy New Year. It has been so long since I've been with you. I've had withdrawals from being with you. And a very special episode today. Good morning. I have in my studio, in person, the most radical extremist there ever was. His name is Bug Hall. And we're going to be talking today about starting the new year off on the right foot. What, the right, which, which of your feet between your left and your right is your most radical foot? That's the foot you got to start the year off right with. That's right. The only ism that's uh, not acceptable anymore. Radicalism. Radicalism. It's not acceptable. Uh, so we got to have a. Uh, we'll have to do that. So much news has has transpired. Maybe we'll we'll touch on it during the course of the program as well. Uh, not sure how much of it we can possibly get through. There's just so much of it. Um, and announcing the 2024 Save Talk Radio Survey. You can go to crusadechannel.com slash survey. We are trying to save talk radio this year in 2024. All right, Bug. <laughs> hey, for those that don't know, can you just can you just tell us who you are, Bug Hall, uh, of, of a claim? Well, I think you covered it. I'm a radical Catholic extremist. You are? <laughs> um, I grew up uh, mostly in Hollywood, uh, making... Making movies for the uh, oh we don't talk about them right the people we uh, yeah making movies for 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 them and uh, one day I found the Catholic faith yeah and decided that uh, it was incompatible with the work I was doing and you are alfalfa in the Little Rascals I was I was alfalfa in the Little Rascals uh, I made about uh, maybe sixty or seventy films and TV shows over yeah. the years uh, quit. You left it all. I quit on the cusp of a uh, uh, an Emmy nomination. Yeah. And uh, because you can't be a radical extremist in Hollywood. So I went I went out out to the country, and uh, my cows don't mind that I'm a radical extremist. They don't hold that against you? They don't, no. In, in fact, they respect me all the more. I can see that. Um, what precipitated your departure from uh, from? from Hollywood, let's say. Well, you know, I tried to reconcile that work with the faith for about seven years after my conversion. And at a certain point, it just struck me that I was facilitating evil. I was uh, I was working for the enemy. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just, uh, I, I want to go to heaven. I, I want me and my family to, uh, to partake of the beatific vision for... Uh, for all eternity. So 
that was that was it for me. I, I finally I finally had to make the hard decision. It was it was the scariest decision I had ever made. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all I had known or done since I was seven years old. Uh, I was good at it, and you know the work itself I always was very passionate about. But we can't just keep dumping our efforts into the enemy's coffers. Yeah. Right. Okay. Got it. Uh, do you think that people in in our country? I mean, how severe is the uh, addiction to entertainment? I mean, I think people will go to great lengths to justify uh, exposure to gravely evil content. Right. Well, that's it's a it's a it's a problem amongst Catholics because we should know better. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a million metrics I think that 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 are problematic from how much time we spend consuming entertainment. Uh, you know, people will uh, very often the argument I get is, you know, well, stories, film, you know, it's a it's objectively good. Why can't you just do a good version of it? Well, you know what? We need to purge ourselves first. We don't need more good Catholic content. What we need is to get back to um, prayer and raising holy families and uh, working hard and becoming uh, becoming saints. We don't need even more good Catholic content, right? Mm-hmm. We just don't. Uh, now, that being said, none of it is really good Catholic content. From film financing all the way down, you know, from the development process, all the people you have to work with, all the people you have to rub elbows with. Um, eventually, there's a distributor involved, and it's never it's never our guys, right? So and Everything the, passes through the Jewish prism. Oh, we can say that. You can say that. Oh, well, that's, the, that's the them that I, I, I uh, <laughs> no longer wanted to work for. Yeah, yeah right. Uh, be, be, because to your point, you could even self-finance the most beautiful piece of art, but it must be distributed by a Jew. That's right. That's right. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, the enemy controls every last stopgap, and we have to pass through them. If we find some way out on the financing side, which right, which doesn't really happen. Let's, no, it let's be frank. There's, yeah. there's always usury involved. There's always there's always some some issue there. Uh, yeah, and, and in addition to the usury, it, whoever he who makes the who has the gold makes the rules. That's right. Yeah. That's so right. usually you have a uh, even in private uh, financed films, you have the big investor who wants to call the shots and make creative decisions yeah i'll, I'll give a great example i was uh, working on a film once that we were you know self-financed on we had a couple you know a couple investors one of them being a quote unquote good good conservative christian man mm-hmm. and uh halfway through the film we had a scene with two young young women who were playing high school children um uh, discussing something of not no importance and he was deeply concerned about the fact that they were wearing robes and that they were not in their underwear having the discussion. That was a that was a real battle that I had to fight on a on a film set. Um, uh, those women are too modestly dressed. He was very willing to uh, put up the money to reshoot the scene oh so that these high school children goodness. could be in their underwear. Right. Yeah. And this is a this is a a good old red blooded American conservative. Um, so, you know, the, the reality is there is no way. But then the second reality is that there's always there's always these silly games we play um, with principles. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we try to call pornography art. Um, you know, and I've said this a million times. If, if you're okay with paying a young woman to strip nude in front of live in front of 100 or plus, you know, 100 or more people, mm-hmm. Uh, simulate acts that are uh, gravely sinful, mm-hmm. and then um, show that to the world, right? All for a dollar. Um, there is no distinction in my mind between that and pornography. We can't say, well, it's for art's sake, and then we point to the, what the the Sistine Chapel and, and and try to say there's some facsimile there. It's an absurd cope, is what it is. Yeah, because the addiction to entertainment is uh, is so prevalent in our culture. Talking with Bug Hall, child actor uh, who left Hollywood here on the Crusade Channel. This is live talk radio the way it should be. Go to crusadechannel.com slash donate so that we can get our crowdfunding started. Let's make our let's let's have the first donation to the to the station today be on Parrot Talk. Can we do that? Uh, there is a makeover happening behind the curtain here at the Crusade Channel. And uh, 9.0 is soft launching. Next Monday, January 8th, some of y'all are going to get emails about it. You might need to check your email for details. 
Go to crusadechannel.com slash donate. Bug Hall canceled out of, out of Hollywood, self-canceled. You are a radical. Um, the only acceptable bias in the United States today is against extremism. Extremism in any direction is not okay. Uh, well, unless you're a leftist extremist, in which case that's, that's more okay than not. But anything that punches right, whether it's um, extremist Catholicism, extremist political ideology, extremism in the economic sphere, those things are unacceptable opinions in these United States. That's right. Yeah. We, uh, we are afraid to see people living out principles radically. We're afraid of it because it, uh, every principle is a, is a judge, right? When we see people living principles radically, it judges us. Stop judging me by how you're living your life is the, uh, is the implicit uh, concern. Yeah, well, well, I mean, well, because people feel judged when they see people doing the right thing. Right. That's exactly right. Because your conscience isn't fully dead. Nope, it's always there. It's always there nagging. Um, yeah. And thanks be to God for that. That was, you know, that was my experience for seven years. I was very much attached to the work that, that I was doing because it was all I knew and it was, it was my way of life. Um, but that conscience was always there nagging at me, nagging at me. Something's not right here. And I'm, you know, when I say I'm a radical extremist, you know, part of that is that my, I, I radically uh, follow my conscience. Every tiny little ping I don't get bogged down in, in the principles. I have a well-formed conscience. I've done the due diligence to form it properly. And now I get to just listen to it. Whatever mm -hmm. it says, even, I, don't, I don't sit and, and go through every single principle first and figure out, well, why did my conscience ping just now? I just, if my conscience says shut up, I shut up. If my conscience says do this, I do it. Uh, and then later I can, I can introspect and figure out what exactly was taking place. Tell us the story. Uh, recently, you had an uh, interaction with a law enforcement officer. You just uh, it was you were driving at night. There was a red light. You're like, "There's no one here." Yeah. So part part of part of my radical extremism is uh, is to do as I believe is best at all times, regardless of what society or even laws say. Right. So uh, I was coming home. It was very late. Uh, it was I think it was Thanksgiving. And my children were up much later than they had been in, in months and months and months, and they needed to get to bed. Uh, so I stopped at a stoplight. There was a car behind me. It was very late, nobody in all directions. I recognized that it was a cop behind me. And when I looked both ways and saw there were no cars, I passed through the stoplight and continued to go home. I was 90% sure he might pull me over, uh, but I wanted to go, so I went. So he pulled me over and uh, I politely said, what can I do for you? He said, well, do you know why I pulled you over? I said, I imagine it's because I ran that stoplight. And he kind of looked at me strange as he was probably expecting some lie or some excuse or mm -hmm. some, you know. Mm -hmm. No, no officer, I have no idea why. <laughs> right, I said, well, I ran the stoplight. And he said, well, you can't do that. And I said, well, I did do that. And he said, well, why? I said, because I didn't want to sit there any longer. And that, I think, blew his mind. He just stared at me for a good five seconds and said, well, okay. <laughs> and I said, yeah. You can do that? I said, yeah, I, I have kids to get home. There was nobody around. So I, I went. Yeah. And uh, as his brain slowly melted, he finally said, well, have you been drinking? I said, no, sir. He said, well, go ahead then. And I said, okay, have a nice night. Stay safe, sir. <laughs> and I went home, and that was it. Um, and that's, is, that's how I live my life every second of the day. You hear, you, so uh, radical uh, extremism here uh, with Bug Hall. Now, I have heard this phrase on the hell site, formerly known as Twitter. And the phrase is, become ungovernable. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Become ungovernable. It sounds like that is a small way in which you've become ungovernable, but you're not doing it impolitely. You no. don't have to like trash a cop's car and flip the cars over and say, I'm ungovernable, anarchy. Right, no, it's, uh, I just live, I live as I, as I want. The, my property taxes got raised. 
unjustly, and I walked into the local tax office there or whatever, and I said, uh, why did you raise my taxes? And they mumbled through some excuse as to why my taxes had to be raised. I said, okay, well, I'm not going to pay that. So put them back to where they were, and I will happily pay that. The tax rate that I had when I bought the property one year ago is, uh, is what it was, and I agreed to that when I bought the property. And she said, well, I need to go talk to somebody about that. And someone else came and I said, explained it again. I said, I won't pay the, the raise, mm-hmm. but I will happily pay the previous rate. And they stared at me again for five seconds as their brain melted. And then they said, okay, we'll set it back. And that was it. My taxes went back to the way they were. Wow. I, I, I didn't know about that. That's a good win. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, and they're, I mean, they're not always wins, you know, sure. but uh, you just, I also pre-meditate uh, accepting whatever the consequences are. Right? I believe the consequences will be unjust for any of those things because if I've chosen to do it, it's because I believe it's a just thing that I'm doing, right? Um, but whatever the consequences are, I'll, t- I'll take them if they come. Now, this is the, this is the heart of a, the application of the principles. This is the, that's the sticking point that really gets in people's way from being radical. Right. Most people like the idea of being radical. Most people fancy themselves as principled people, but when the rubber meets the road and there are stakes involved, right. that's where suddenly you know this misapplication of prudence comes in, masquerading as um, you know as cowardice. Yep, that's 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 what it is. It's it's you know if, if you believe it's true and right and just, and you uh, capitulate on that because you foresee some consequences, we very often hear the word prudence and it's misapplied. That's called carnal prudence, mm-hmm. right? When you make a, when you choose a lesser good um, because of some potential consequence, that's carnal prudence. That's not real prudence. Uh, so, you know, for me, like, let's take the property taxes, for instance. I meant what I said. And you have to mean it. You have to mean it. You have to mean it. You can't make empty threats. You can't make empty threats, right? So when I said I'm not going to pay this, I meant it. And I would have defended my property uh, with every means of force available to me if it had come to that, right? Mm-hmm. And that was that was the reality. Um, or allowed myself to be hauled off to jail because in in lots and lots of circumstances that's that's the uh, uh, correct approach, right? You know, um, and that's and that's just the way I, I live my life. If if they're going to haul me off, and it's not justifiable to um, take more extreme means against being hauled off. I accept that. There are lots and lots of things that are uh, worthy of extreme means, you know, defense to the death, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've premeditated what those are and what those aren't, and and that's that. And I I live my life accordingly. Any any revolutionary change in society, which for the most part has been movement towards the left, but there are some notable exceptions to that, Franco being one of them. But any revolutionary change in society has usually been led by about a 5% to 7% of the population who is willing to do what it takes to win or willing to stand behind whatever principle it is that they are invoking to the death. Um, What's it going to take in the United States, the USSA, as I affectionately call it, uh, where are we going to find these 5 to 7% of people? Well, unfortunately, uh, in those examples that you've just given, the problem is is that the first wave does not see the fruits of their labor. Exactly. That's why nobody wants to do it. That's why that that initial 5% turnover uh, doesn't happen very often because the first 1% or 3% or whatever uh, eventually uh, receives the very extreme unjust consequences of their principles. And, you know, they're essentially uh, offered up on the altar of, of whatever that change may be. And then the second wave usually gets to receive the fruits of it. So I'm in the first wave. I, we know how I'm going. Well, we know how you're going to go. But yeah, we, we do. But this, this almost begs the question, though. The left is so good at sacrificing people in the first, you know, volleys. I mean, look at all the stunning victories that the groomers have had, the the, the faggots have had, the, you know, et cetera, et cetera. It, the, the, the astonishing movement to the left in the United States, the government takeover of health care, 
um, the surveillance state, the bioterrorist state. Um, all of these things have happened really uh, bloodlessly. And to, to even peel them back 1% would not be a bloodless fight, I don't think. No. Uh, we, all, we all know intuitively that when, once you capitulate something, you never get it back. Right? Not, without, not without great suffering. And so every single hill along the line that we uh, said wasn't worth dying on, right? That's not a hill worth dying on. Yeah. That's not the, the fight. You know, let's be more prudent. Right. And wait for the right fight. Well, it was cowardice all along. And now, unfortunately, to simply grow my grass, this is real. For me to grow my grass to feed my animals, um, I, I might have to defend my grass to the death. Right, because now there's regulations that say, well, if your grass is too tall, then you've got to cut it. That's an absurdity. Uh, but we, we let ourselves get here, and now the only way back is great suffering. And we deserve it. Uh, well, and what, you're, what you are articulating is quite the opposite of all of the uh, sage advice that we were given in the 50s and 60s by one William F. Buckley Jr., who basically was like, look, you gotta, you, you can only, you can only fight battles that you will win. Right. In, a, in other words, you know, don't, don't die on a hill needlessly. Don't put up a fight against something needlessly. You know, do, uh, do strategic things like the, like the Supreme Court. Right. This is a perfect example. Try to get things through the Supreme Court try to make sure that we get the right justices on the court um, and, and push things through in, in that way. Um, we now we now have a 6-3 majority on the Supreme Court, Bug. Don't you feel protected by that? Um, that would be the William F. Buckley approach to things. Get the most conservative person who can win into office. Right. Don't run just the most conservative person to try to change the conversation or the Overton window. That's a waste because losing an election is the worst thing in the world. Right. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's the guiding star of conservatism in America right now, which is, I think. Which it is. It is. It, and it's so ironic because it, what we admire about history, right? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a student of history, and so mm. are you. What we admire about history are all of the... All the great battles that seemed impossible, right? I mean, whether it's the the Romans against the Car the the Carthaginians, right? That was an impossibility. It was an impossibility, and Carthage being a decadent society, uh, which, by the way, a society that uh, offered up their children to to Moloch, right? Yeah. And for them, because they were such a decadent society, everything was very calculated. Yeah. And the Romans fought simply for love in that battle, and they fought for hatred, right? Hatred of the fact, and this is ironic to say about the Romans, mm -hmm. knowing how they ended up, mm -hmm. but what they hated was that the, the Carthaginians were sacrificing their children to Moloch. It was a disgusting perversion to them, yeah. and they, they would fight to the last man over that. They didn't care if they were going to lose. It was the fighting that mattered. Right, mm -hmm. and I mean the reality is, is we we have none of that left in us. Uh, we are no longer Rome. If anyone ever thought we were, we are Carthage. We are, Car yeah, exactly. Um, we have returned to the time. Well, uh, Cortez is a perfect example of that. He was astonished when he came to the New World. And he saw this child sacrifice, human sacrifice to the gods, to, to the weather gods, which is what was something we're returning back to. And with you know what eighty men or something, he took on ten thousand. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, but it was he was fighting out of a disgust for barbarism. And history retells that. History tells it as if oh, it was a guaranteed victory, and it was it was an unjust thing because you know the well, the, had, the poor savages <laughs> the poor savages were were outnumbered by by gunpowder. Right. No, that that was a that was a likely loss. Yeah. But the the fight was look the. You know, we fight forward because we despise something, right? This idea that, you know, love and only love or whatever, however people want to categorize that. Yeah. No, I, I hate evil. I hate it with a deep, deep, deep passion. And I will fight to the death to uh, destroy or uh, remove every evil that, that I'm in, in, uh, in conflict with. We could take a page out of Cortez's playbook. You know, he burned the ships. 
That's right. He he set his own ships on fire as a as a visual testament to his crew, to his fleet, to his to his people that said we're not going back to Spain. That's right. We're not retreating. There is no way backwards. We we will move forward. And he he light he lit his own ships on fire. And what a lesson for today. We were talking about this uh, just the other night. There's nothing left to go back to. Yeah. Right. This 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 uh, unfortunately this American conservatism that thinks that there's something to go back to. What is it? The fifties, right? The fifties where moral depravity was already uh, bubbling over under the surface. Right. There's nothing to go back to. We need to go forward. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, let's get into that after the break uh, here with Bug Hall on the Crusade Channel. This is live talk radio the way it should be. Don't go anywhere. We have shameless profiteering to do over the next, I don't know, two minutes or so. Be right back. Don't go anywhere. Hey, I just met you. Heard you're a groomer. So here's your millstone. Good luck, loser. It's hard to look right when you're a pervert. So take your millstone. No kids will get hurt. Gotta get these fools into the bottom of the ocean. Down in the ocean. Alongside that Titan sub. Gotta get these guys down to the bottom of the ocean. Throw them in the ocean. With that Titanic sub. Welcome back to the show. Mike Parrott here, the humble host of Parrot Talk. Every single day, 10 a.m. Central Standard Time here on the Crusade Channel. Live talk radio the way it should be. Always on air, always online, always happy to be with you. Broadcasting from the heart of America today in the RTF studio with my good friend, self-canceled Hollywood star, Bug Hall, who is a radical extremist. Talking about... How we can be extremists in 2024. Time to make predictions for the new year. Welcome back to the show, sir. Thank you for being with me. Thank you for having me. All right. Let's do let's do politics. Let's do economics. And then let's do uh, miscellaneous church stuff or whatever. Politics. 2024. How do you see things shaking out? You've got, on the one hand, a geriatric... Uh, bumbling fool who from his basement could still whip up 82 million votes they say you've got kamala harris his his wing woman who is possibly more hated than hillary clinton in this country and there's this persistent rumor that someone like gavin newsom is going to jump in and and save the democrats meanwhile on the republican side you have Trump coming on and off ballots in real time. Probably he's going to be removed from a ballot today, for all I know, uh, even while we're broadcasting. Um, and then you've got, you know, overrated, overhyped Ron DeSanctimonious, who is just flaming out. And then you have establishment propped up Nikki Haley. And then you have the wild card with Vivek um, Ramaswamy, who seems to be the only one willing to say certain things that are true. Um, he, it's fun to watch. I mean, he's, it's very entertaining. Uh, how do you see things going? Oh, it's, it's, uh, well, it's a lot of bread and circus. Uh, at this point, politics are one more, one more branch of our addiction to entertainment. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I live with cows now. I, I, I am very, very out of touch with what's going on on the political side the beautiful thing about not being so, so concerned about laws in how you live is that um, whoever comes in, my life will not change very much. I might die quicker. <laughs> that's, about, that's about it. But other than that, my life won't change very much. Uh, will, will you be, this is somewhat of a controversial uh, thing here. Uh, uh, will you be voting? Ooh, uh, no. No, I, yeah. I, 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 I am uh, I, I'm essentially apolitical at this point. I, I, I don't vote. Um, I will happily um, offer my fealty to the next monarch that uh, that steps up to the plate. What if it's a non? What if it's a, an Anglican monarch? <laughs> oh, those filthy Germanics! Gotcha. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. I, I at the end of the day, I will I will accept anyone willing to put their neck on the chopping block and uh, and and take charge. Real uh, real headship. 
Yeah. I will accept any real headship. I don't I don't care what the strong man looks like at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Do you accept um do you accept a, a strong man in lieu of a monarch as maybe a temporary solution or a movement towards that? Um you know, there there's there seems to be a very hot debate happening at all times in the circles of of various, you know, radical traditionalism in general, you know, mm-hmm. po- political traditionalism or religious traditionalism, uh, um, counter-revolutionaryism. Is this the third dirty F word? This is the, this is another dirty F word, and it's it's called fascism. Right. We're allowed to say it here. Mm-hmm. What do you think about a Franco or an El Duce or, or maybe even a someone who can't be named ever by anyone. Right. Um, you know, uh, uh, perhaps a painter coming in and, um, you know, just reestablishing order, uh, millstoning the groomers and appointing a family as, you know, Hey, you will be the Royals. Get your stuff together. Right. (laughs) Well, so I, I look at, I look at every potential political scenario the same way I look at, uh, the world now, which is that I'm going to continue to, to live my life exactly as I live it, right? Mm-hmm. I will cheer for every good, regardless of how it comes about, mm-hmm. um, and I will despise every evil. Um, so, you know, the reality is, is uh, <laughs> uh, I probably end up on the chopping block regardless of, uh, of how that comes about, right? Yeah. Um, the third dirty F word is still going to ask for me to to beg for permits to slaughter my cows. He will. Right? And and I will still say no. And so I will I will look I will look as though I am opposed to that mm-hmm. um, by my actions. But I, I I'll be happy with, with any with anyone that overturns the uh, um, can we say sodomaniacs? Any of the anyone <laughs> willing to to overturn the sodomaniacs, the groomers, the pedophiles. Right. Um, the, the the deep the deep uh, infanticide evils um, that are that are under the surface do we do we do you think um, do you think that there uh, is any possibility of an electoral solution? Maybe not a quote unquote final solution to the groomers, <laughs> uh, but some kind of uh, some kind of reprieve from their advance. Uh, oh. Let's say if Trump wins or or DeSantis or heck even a Vivek uh, stunning weird victory Reagan esque. Do you think that even that will slow them down? No, because it'll look like it publicly, mm-hmm. right? We'll all cheer the uh, the Supreme Court decision on this, that, or the other. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, is our enemies actually live the same principles that I live, right? Exactly. They, they continue to operate. Um, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what laws we put in place. They continue to operate, and at the end of the day. Uh, that's partially why, I mean, uh, other than just principle in general, that's partially why this, this idea of radical extremism is, is so important. Um, we have to live our principles regardless of consequence because that's what they've chosen to do. And it's been winning the day for them for 60, 70 years. Um, and uh, unfortunately, I, 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 when I see a change of law or when I see a so-called um, you know, conservative uh, s- stepping up to the plate. Uh, I, I'm not very hopeful about it, and, and so far it has proven to, to do very little. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. I tend to agree with that assessment, but you know, as a reminder to the folks out here, everyone can see this problem slightly differently, and it's, and it's totally permissible for you to arrive at different conclusions. I mean, look, I, for me and my family, you know, I'm I'm similar to you, Bug. I'm I'm not going to go out and campaign or vote or anything like that. But that doesn't necessarily mean that that's the absolute right answer. No, I, I mean I, it could be that that trying to get Trump back in may be the best thing that we've got going. You know, getting getting even a a, a little emotional reprieve, right? Mm-hmm. I, you know, not to sound like a like a softy, but I'm I'm all for it. Uh, oh, I'm, I I miss drinking my coffee sweetened by liberal tears. Yes, I mean I, I I miss the mean tweets. And I do. I, and and while it might seem like a contradiction, I'm very much in favor of people voting if it if it gives them some sense of comfort. <laughs> right. Right. I, I have no problem with that. I, I'm I'm not out here telling anyone don't go vote. Well, and the other thing too, Bug, and we didn't we ha- I mean 
in local elections, I think those are harder to steal. I, I don't I don't know why I think that. It just seems true. It might not be true. Um, but uh, but but as we learned during the pandemic, it was the local uh, bureaucrats who who exercised a, a, a level of control over our lives that we never thought possible. Right. So here's the thing. My and this is because I hear this localism idea all the time. I am mm-hmm. a I, I'm a radical proponent of subsidiarity. The problem is. <clears throat> Once I moved into this new phase of life, this this sort of radical agrarianism, right? My my uh, my family is sustained by what I can wring out of my own property. Mm-hmm. I learned that in the modern context, that kind of localism doesn't mean anything because all of my regulations, all the laws that I break daily to feed my family, come from Kathy down at the local city board. Yes. Right. That's that's who's that that's who's making the laws. Now, Kathy's going to have to go to I'm making up a name, by the way. You know, Kathy's going to have to go to um, uh, big government. She's going to have to go to the county, the state and the federal government to enforce those things. But she gets to tell me that I have to beg for permission to put in a wood stove. I have to beg for permission to slaughter a cow, beg for permission to just grow my grass. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And uh, and so that's that's what. That's what localism in this current world order gets us, which is why I, I'm, I'm not a proponent of that either. Now, if my neighbors, by the way, want to get together and have a conversation with me about what I'm doing, if they say, hey, look, you know, Bill over, over to your left and, and Joe over to your right are a little concerned about how you're managing your water and it affects us, can we talk about it? That's the localism that I'm a proponent of. Sure, sure. Problem solving. Yep. Collaboration. Um, all right, let's talk about economics. Predictions in 2024. Sitting here with Bug Hall, self-canceled former Hollywood star, who now is the star of his young daughter's imaginations. He is <laughs> he is the hero of their lives, and they love and adore him. It is just incredible to see. Um, usury. Mm. It's everywhere. Mm. It's ubiquitous. It is the... It's like the sky. It covers everything. Can't get away from it. Can't outrun it. Um, we're all complicit in it. It's 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 similar to their sin of abortion, where they want full participation on everybody, on everybody's part. That's right. They want to turn something fertile sterile, uh, whereas with money they want to turn something sterile fertile, and just have money reproduce. Um. 2024 seems like one of those years where we're teetering on the brink of economic collapse. I mean, we really are. Um, they have forestalled for for so long the quote-unquote economic cycle. We didn't go into a downturn. We didn't have a recession or a depression when we probably should have or were overdue for one, a quote-unquote correction when all the wealth transfers to the top. Um, that, that hasn't happened but the 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 dollar the the United States dollar, which is just a, a piece of debt, um, is not going to be purchased by everybody as their reserve currency in twenty twenty four. That's my prediction. Well, uh, it it might not, or we might war people into doing it. Mm-hmm. That's the I mean that's the reality. The reality is, war war facilitates uh, failing usury. Uh, and that's where we're headed, right? When you see when you see those clouds rolling on the horizon, it's because the usury has run its course, mm-hmm. and there's there's nothing left to ring out, and war resets things generally. M- my immediate thought when you said that went to Muammar Gaddafi uh, over in Yemen. Didn't we come and we saw and, and he died? That's the yeah 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 we, yeah, we killed him. Um, we, we definitely killed him and we killed him, I think days after he announced that he was going to stop buying us dollars. Well, that's the same, uh, same story when we went into Iraq, right? Um, Saddam Hussein had decided that he was no longer selling oil in us dollars and it was going to be the Euro from this point on. Now we didn't seem to have much of a problem with him before that. But uh, no, we kind of like the guy. Actually, we, we seem to really kind of back him until he didn't back the dollar. Uh, yeah, so that's you know, look, I'm I'm uh, I'm a son of a military family, and I uh, unfortunately 
it's very difficult for me to to back the warmongering that we facilitate as a country because it's yeah. it's always attached to once you dig deep yeah it's always attached to the dollar it always is and and it's a it's a problem it's only it's the only thing that's propped us up yeah it's the only thing that's propped us up and it, i don't know how long it can last it can't last forever i mean there's only so many countries to go to war with and <laughs> i mean it, we've got to run out eventually well we could do duplicates that's true. Yeah, we could do back-to-back duplicates if we needed to. Like, for example, Iraq two times in a decade. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Just keep churning, churning the leaders, you know. But um, so there's that's the unpredictable part. The unpredictable part, part uh, economically is we are primed for a collapse, right? If you turn off, if you turn off that machine, it, it all falls apart tomorrow. But Oh, you know, our enemies aren't stupid. They're, they're, they, they will always find a way, or they will at least try to always find a way to keep propping that thing up. Yeah. And the longer you prop it up, we know this, um, the longer you delay conflict, the greater, the greater the horror is when it finally comes to your door. Right, yeah. Thinking about the American Civil War uh, in that regard. It was delayed, the, the, the delayed, war delayed. Of, the war of northern aggression. Yeah, the war of northern aggression. Right, exactly. Yes. So thank you, thank you for the correction. Uh, but you, I mean, you never fight so brutally as when you fight within your own family, That's within right. your own nation. I mean, that was savage. That was the first time total war had had been um, seen on planet Earth, and since then, we're we've perfected it. We're mm-hmm. really, really good at it. Um, all right. Uh, do you see us? Yeah. Speaking of our enemies being pretty smart here with Bug Hall. I'm not sure if Russia is an enemy. They, they. I think they see themselves as an enemy. I don't. I don't see myself as an enemy of Russia, um, but they certainly probably would see me as an enemy. They seem to be doing to us what we did to them in Afghanistan. They are slowly bleeding us dry in in the Ukraine. Um, how do you see that? going down in 2024 you think it's going to continue do you think ukraine will finally collapse do you think the u.s will finally get in um that's a sticky one well when you can when you can print your own money and pretend that it means something you can you can hold out for a long time so i I, there's no telling which way that will go i don't think i don't think russia's gonna bow out at any point i think the only option is escalation and i think we will continue to see escalation and we will continue to continue to see that spread uh, until there is nothing left. Mm-hmm. You know, it's same, I mean, just we were talking in the church, you know, the, 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 the fire sale going on in the church, it's just going to keep going until there's nothing left. Um, we're in a phase of society uh, where it's essentially a race to the bottom. And mm-hmm. I, I think when the, last, when the last material good is gone is when this is all over. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, how about the how about the incursion into Gaza, the genocide in Gaza? Mm. Uh, do you see that widening with other Middle Eastern countries that are uh, that are just disgusted by what they're seeing the Jews do, um, but none of them have done anything about it yet? Yeah, I mean the, the the reality is they know they know who they're fighting if they step into that, and I I think that. I, I think that there are still wise men around the world, and I think there are there are still men around the world who uh, look at that situation and say, "Well, while I am disgusted by that, uh, it means total war." Yeah, right? because that's the only option. The only option is is absolute and total war. Um, we're we're in an exact similar scenario to the entry into World War One. Right. The, the, the reality is it, it, we're, we're in a nearly identical position and there's there's powder kegs everywhere. Yeah. And we don't know which one it will be. Right? To, to claim that we can predict which one it will be um, is absurd because there's so many and it's just going to take take the wrong spark, the wrong guy making the wrong decision. Uh, so I don't know how that will play out, but I know that the the likelihood is is a larger global conflict, mm-hmm. which then includes China and yep. India. Taiwan. And yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. War is extremely useful in an election cycle. Yep. 
And that's why I think 2024 is going to be the year. Here we are. We're sitting here in, in the heart of America right now in the studio. And we are days away from the Iowa caucus. I mean, we are days away from the presidential campaign really kicking off in full swing. And we have a storied American tradition of the October surprise, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? Just before the first week of November, when the votes are cast, there's always something huge that happens in October, Uh, be it Comey or, you know, some terrorist attack or whatever it is. And um, I don't, I think 2024 will be no different. Yep. Um, Interesting that you compare the world situation today to pre-World War One. I. I think that's very insightful. Uh, maybe we'll have to unpack that tomorrow if you have time. Sure. Um, all the various alliances before World War One that necessitated a world war. Yep. Just with, you know, this is something that is hard for Americans to understand, especially if you went to public school like I did. It's hard to understand how some archduke getting assassinated in Sarajevo means that 40 million people had to die. Right. I mean, it's hard to understand why that is true, but we are, but that is also true today. It's, it's where we are. And the problem is while we can't say when or how, uh, it, it is unfortunately an inevitability at this point. Mm. Um, we hit these phases of redistribution of, of material goods, right? I, you know, you can call that wealth. I, I, I tend to not use the word wealth because people associate wealth with um, with money, right? And and our money means nothing. Our money is is imaginary, uh, but material goods are real. And the more you redistribute that, what happens is is you end up with a a very large um, uh, gap between who owns the material wealth and who does not. Um, World War One. Uh, that was a big part of the problem. Yep. A big part of the problem was globalism was already. It was there. It was already there. Yeah. Right. That 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 idea of radical subsidiarity. That idea that every small township was essentially a small nation state. Right. The 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 distinction between peoples. Uh, all of a sudden, everything was becoming a conglomerate. It was it was being drawn in and drawn in, and that was partially a, a problem uh, with the monarchs, to be quite frank. Right, the, the well, they were all related. <laughs> they were all related, and they they had started applying that sort of total monarchy mm-hmm. um, that was very foreign to human nature and very foreign to history. Mm-hmm. Um, there was no longer lo- the local lords. Um, again, you can look at the church. The church is uh, as goes the church, so goes the world. What's a bishop today? Right? He's just a manager for the pope, right? Um, which that was never the case historically. Right. Um, the, the, the bishop. The bishop was a sovereign. Right, and, and and what's a priest today? He's a social worker. He's a social worker for the bishop, who is a manager for the pope. Yeah, um, and that that was never how the church saw herself, and uh, and the secular world uh, reflected that problem before World War One. Mm-hmm. Right, the total monarchs who had who no longer there was no longer any sovereign below them. Every city state was just a, a a wing of that, right? And that's where we are now, but we just have the democratic version of it. Yeah, and it's and it's categorically different too. I mean, a different phylum, different species, different uh, whatever. Because at least prior to World War One, when you had the counter movement to the globalism, which was nationalism, right? Um, you had homogenized ethnically socially culturally linguistically religiously people who said no we are we know we know who we are we are we are hungarians we are whatever you know we are we are czech we want to be czech we like being czech um we don't want to be part of this whole global thing anymore um that they had recourse to that which you could debate whether or not nationalism was a good thing or not we don't have that Right. We it, don't have any of that. Well, I want to make a little distinction there, though, because, um, you know, in my opinion, it, you know, here's the real problem with racism. It's not racist enough. <laughs> so we look at we look at um, the pre-World War One scenario and we look at that nationalism. But if you if you hyper focus on it, if you really zoom in yeah. within that larger uh, nationalism, you had all these very distinct cultures that were saying, wait, how did we end up here? 
Yeah. How did we end up being called Hungarians? Sure. You know, we're we're just this small little town who never had any interaction with anyone other yeah. than small trading here and there. We're that. We're not we're not those guys. Um, and so what had happened is, is is that had already started to become the problem, in my opinion. And and you know this is this is um, lighting fires on 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 both sides and destroying uh, destroying the ships. Um, nationalism is just globalism. Yeah. Right. I, I'm I'm sorry to say so. Nationalism is globalism. I I don't I don't want uh, America first. I want um, you know uh, Weston first. Mm-hmm. Right. I mm-hmm. want I, I want the distinction between peoples to be, and this is the beauty of our faith, the beauty of our, beauty of our faith is that's what unites us. And we've been talking about this a lot, that idea of identity, right? Just like you can't have a, a nation without families, right? Families are the, the smallest building block. Mm-hmm. You can't have a culture, you can't have a distinct culture without distinct families, right? That distinction, right? Mm-hmm. The parrots are the parrots. The halls are the halls. This is what we are. This is our identity. And then something starts to grow out that's natural, right? But nationalism to me looks like glo- global globalism imposed on just a smaller scale. Sure. That is something we'll have to continue discussing here on the program. So glad to be back with you guys uh, out in Crusaderville. I hope you had a wonderful Merry Christmas. I hope you continue to celebrate the Christmas holiday all the way through its uh, liturgical conclusion which goes for me anyway into into the early part of february um don't forget that crusade channel 9.0 is coming online you can go to crusadechannel.com donate it's soft launching next week i can't wait to see it i've seen some previews things are getting better and better around here but it can only happen with your help. Thank you so much for listening. God bless you. This is Paratalk here on the Crusade Channel. Always on air, always online, and always happy to be with you. Have a good day. This is Paratalk. Brought to you by Restoring the Faith Media. Restoringthefaith.com